When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Dennis Dunaway of Alice Cooper. You're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. Pantheon Podcasts presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaming as she brings you The Devil's Music. Hey there. This is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music, a Pantheon podcast. A little bit about me. I'm a punk rock witch from Hollywood, California. I've had a lifelong passion for rock and roll and the occult that started when I was a preteen. In the 70s, I was one of the first punks in L.A., and as a teenager, I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go, started producing shows, and made a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to write for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s and the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've toured around the globe to teach and perform dance. You might have also seen me acting or dancing in music videos, feature films, and documentaries. Look for me in the new Go-Go's documentary. To find out more about me or to book a tarot reading, go to my website, pleasantgaiman.com. I'm really excited to be part of the Pantheon Podcasts network of rock and roll shows. Everyone here at Pantheon tells stories about the music we just adore so much, each and every one with a different twist. Find them all wherever you listen to podcasts at Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, anywhere you get your favorite podcast fix. And head on over to PantheonPodcast.com to share a show with a friend. Or be damned to purgatory forever. Went to the fortune teller Hi, this is Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music. Today, my guest is the Tarot Lady, a.k.a. Teresa Reed. She is a shining luminary superstar in the world of occult tarot divination. She's not just a master tarot reader and teacher, she's an astrologer, and she's a all-around incredible force of nature, a wild rock and roll chick. Um, we admired each other from afar, and we met a little while ago, and now we've just been connected like the two of cups. And if you don't know about tarot, that's a good thing. But today you're going to find out about tarot and all about um, Teresa's crazy rock and roll past. And we're going to comment on some ahem, current events using the occult to figure out what the fuck is going on. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Pleasant. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. It's my pleasure. So um, let's give everybody out there in podcast land... Um, I just gave you a good info. Um, 
intro, but I want to give everybody uh, an overview of your life because I know that um, you've been doing tarot for ages and astrology and all sorts of stuff like that. But you are you are a rock and roll chick, which is I want to find out all the deep, dark, dirty secrets on that. So, what was your first concert? Or oh or... my god, I don't remember my first concert. Because you were drunk? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, you know, my memory for some of that stuff is really garbage. Because uh, it's like a blur, you know. Uh, but the most, my favorite concert that I ever went to was David Bowie, without a doubt. I knew you were going to say that. And, <laughs> you know, and I love you. That was my favorite concert. And probably the second favorite concert would be Fields of the Nephilim. Those were the oh, concerts. Yes. Oh, my God, that I just had the most fun. I really enjoyed the music and the people. And, um, you know, got to see some cool, cool bands that Bowie's not around, Fields of the Nephilim, I don't even know if they play around anymore. So those were the, probably the two favorite concerts. But there's a lot of concerts that I went to, I don't even remember. What, but what, was this in Mil Milwaukee? Have you always lived in Milwaukee or was this somewhere else? I lived in New York for a short blip, uh, but this was in Milwaukee, the concerts that I went to. What year was the Bowie concert? I don't remember. remember. Like early well, what 90s. did his hair look like? What did his outfit look like? <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing, his hair was short. And he was wearing more of a formal, like more dressed up. It wasn't like any of the cool Ziggy stuff. So it was, it was later, like 90s. Yeah. Wow. I mean, um, I think I wrote on Twitter one time, like um, something like, if you don't like Bowie, I'll never fuck you or something. But you think that's like, like an estimation of if someone's like a good person or not, or like compatible oh, yeah. with you. <laughs> music is actually very important to me. And I've always been a musical gal. I have no talent. I just date musicians and I just love music. I'm a total fanatic. I've always dated musicians all my life. I've never, I always say I've never dated a normal person. And one of the things, the barometers of whether or not we're going to get along is what music do you listen to? That's yeah, important. And sometimes, you know, I'll make little exceptions here or there. But the people that I jive with and have the best relationships with are always people who are fellow music lovers and who love a lot of the same music. And my husband and I have been together 30 years, and we love a lot of the same music. He was actually at the Fields of the Nephilim concert, too. Is that how you met? No, we actually met at a concert we didn't want to go to. So many years ago, we were there was a, a place here that was... Uh, really popular and there were some um hair metal bands playing and i'm not a hair metal girl i mean i enjoy it too you know for like grins but i don't take it seriously and so i had a friend who was like you're gonna go see this band with me blah 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 like, oh i don't want to see them fine i'll go because she didn't have a car so i drove and he was there with his girlfriend she forced him to go and he was like oh i hate hair metal oh so we were both at the concert and he walked in with her and I took one look at him. I'm like, oh my God, that is the guy for me. That is it. Oh my God. It was like total love at first sight. And, uh, you know, of course he was with a girl. So I, I also honor the girl code. Uh, but his girlfriend and I ended up, we were in the bathroom hanging out and her and I hit it off. So next thing I know, we're like jabbering and we're talking about music. And she's like, oh my God, you would love my boyfriend. You guys have so much in common. <laughs> yeah. And so she introduced me. I know, right? Oh my God, true. I know. Well, anyhow, what ended up happening is I became friends with both of them. And, you know, him and I knew each other for about five years. He always had a girlfriend. He's a good looking guy. He's always had a girlfriend. And there was one time where I ran into him and he did not have a girlfriend. And Pleasant, I made my move. And we've been together ever since. Awesome. That's so good. Um. So when did you start doing tarot? I, I, started, I don't think I ever knew this about you. Well, I started doing tarot when I was a teenager. And, you know, like most teenagers, we're always curious about trying to figure our, ourselves out. And I was always attracted to really witchy things anyways. I mean, I remember reading those. Do you, do you remember like the old uh, National Enquirer that used to have the ads for like Gavin and Yvonne Frost, The Art of Witchcraft? Oh, I, I, no, I ordered witchcraft books off there and I babysat for my first tarot deck, even though I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Right. I was obsessed with that stuff. And I were, and, and our, the household I grew up in was, you know, it was very religious, but very superstitious. My mother was psychic, blah, blah, blah. So nobody was ever going to be bothered with me being interested in stuff like that. But anyhow, um, I was about 15 years old. I was trying to figure out who am I? Like, 
most 15 year olds. And I had a friend who's still my best friend to this day. And her mother was very unusual because I grew up in a rural area and her mother was like a pianist and a psychiatrist, but she also did astrology. And so she said, let me do your astrology chart. And I said, yeah, sure. And she did my astrology chart and I thought, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And so I became addicted to astrology. And on one of the rare occasions when we were at the local mall, I went into the bookstore. I never went into clothing store. I didn't give a rip about any of that. I always write to the bookstore or the record store. All my money went to books or records. They don't call them records anymore. So this is how dated I am. And I, I know went, I still call them that. <laughs> <laughs> I call them records, even though they're like, I don't. <laughs> so I went into the bookstore and I went to the little metaphysical part because there wasn't a lot back then looking for an astrology book and there was a tarot deck there. And I said, Ooh, I saw this in the movies. So I grabbed the tarot deck on a whim and I took it home. And when I started like putting those cards together and playing with them, and I'm a very visual person, they clicked. It made sense. It clicked. And so I've been working with tarot for 40 years, uh, a long time. So that was my first intro to tarot. What was yours? Yeah, it was it was that too. I I knew about tarot cards, but I don't I I don't remember how. But I wanted them. I wanted to be a witch. Like the, like I was reading rock and roll magazines all the time. This was when I was like starting from about the age of eleven, and then, but there was no like occult magazines or anything there. So my my two main things were rock and roll and the occult, and so I would just take cues from like like movies i'd see all like b movies on tv you know on the two or three channels that were there and anything witchy dark shadows was on then anything vampires witches all that but i think i i mean now in hindsight i think all of this was past lifey stuff but in those mm -hmm. days i didn't even know about it as a as a little girl um but so i saved up money and i sent away for a tarot deck i mean i literally babysat to get a tarot deck and my first deck was the ijj swiss tarot so it was a Marseille tarot, which um, for anyone, yeah. So for anyone that's listening, the Marseille tarot has the minor arcana is just like whatever the symbols of the suits are. It's not pictures like like the major arcana is or like um, other other decks are. So all you see is like a bunch of swords or a bunch of pentacles. So I was great with the major arcana, but the minor arcana, I was like, what the fuck's going on? I mean, it just looked like the, like geometry class that I hated. It's like a bunch of patterns, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, eventually I figured out what that was, but there wasn't even, like I was in a tiny town in Connecticut. There was no bookstores that yep. had stuff like that. And then I didn't even, I didn't see ads to send away for a tarot book, so I couldn't. So it took a, a pretty long time of acclimation. But the minute I had them, I started like reading them just by what the pictures were and then just ignoring the yeah. minor account of like, yeah. Well, it's interesting and then of because I had, wait, go ahead. Oh, my first deck was the Marseille too. And that's a very yeah. hard deck to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's just, I mean, really, it's just like, like, what do you do with this? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's really great that we both started the hard way. You know, so many, yeah. it's so much easier not to learn tarot. And back then it was very hard to get your hands on books and the astrology books. I mean, I still have my astrology books from back in the day. They're very old. They're very dry. They're boring. Um, they're very hard to get through. Everything felt hard. It was a journey. So people yeah. are lucky. They really had to work for it then in those days. And then I remember like, um, I, I would lock myself in the bathroom and go in the bath and read the farmer's almanac, all the, like all the um, Zodiac stuff. And I memorized all the signs. And then I was all obsessed with like people's date of birth and all of that. But I never got into astrology the way that, the way that, that you, I mean, not even close to the way that you did. Like, I mean, astrology is so fascinating to me because I, it is. I, I like look at all the, you know, the placements and the positions. And um, it makes so much sense when I see that for other people, but I don't know how to read it the way that, that you do. So, so why don't you tell um, everybody like just some basic points about that? First of all, talk about your books. Like I, I, sure. I'm really dumb right now because I forgot the title of the astrology <laughs> book. <laughs> so the astrology book is called Astrology for Real Life. It is a no BS guide for the astroperious. And it really shows you how to step-by-step step understand how astrology works. 
and how to read your natal chart and how to look at transits and you know it gives you all the nuts and bolts so it's a it's a it's like an overlay it's like kind of like a, it'll get you fluent in the language really quickly and then i have a lot of suggestions on other books to enhance your uh, studies so that you can deepen them so it really is the best book for beginners because and it also it's fun and it's not one of these dry things it's i always say it's like the book i wanted when no, I was studying astrology, I went, when I read it, it was amazing. I could understand stuff that I had no idea what it was, like Quin Quinquicks, or with, <laughs> if I'm not even pronouncing it right. Well, you know, astrology. I think sometimes they make it so difficult, and it, it's it's very analytical. You got to take your time with it. But I think some people make it so difficult and so dull that it really makes it un inaccessible for a lot of people. Like people just want to give up. It's like, oh my God, this is so, so much math and it's so boring. And it's like, listen, you just need someone who is native in the language to guide you. And then someone you that's fun, fun and native yes, in the language. Like not you. boring. So that is what um, Astrology for Real Life is all about. And the other two books, uh, the Tarot Coloring Book is also just a fun way to learn tarot. It's very, it's very good for people who need an experiential way of learning when you're coloring the cards, you're looking at the images, the symbols, and there's a little guide that tells you what each card means and what the symbols mean. So it's great for getting people started in that. Tarot for Troubled Times is kind of more of a niche book. And that is about using tarot. But that's so spot on right now. I mean. Oh my God. You know what though? It's really funny about that book. I mean, it's not funny, but it's based on a class that Shaheen Miro and I taught. And when we taught the class, we got a couple people mad at us because how dare you talk about politics and tarot? I'm like, whoa. And then uh, Wiser asked us, could you turn that class into a book? And we're like, yeah, of course. And we turned it into a book. And there were a couple of people who got really mad about the book because we discussed privilege in it. Really? They, oh, my God. They let some, these were like Karen types. They I was just going to say, hi, Karen. <laughs> really mean reviews. Like, how dare you talk about this? I'm like, oh, my God. And, you know, I, it was so shocking, but so funny to me. And I'm like, Wow. If you touch a nerve, I also think that's a good thing. I don't, I never look at like negative reviews like, oh my God, how awful. I'm like, oh my God, how funny. I couldn't believe it. But anyhow, that book is very near and dear to my heart because it is a niche book. And it is a book that has, it's not just a tarot book. It's got all kinds of like rituals and information about self-care and about politics. And the whole idea is, listen, when the world is a dumpster fire, you need tools to help you guide through it. And that's all what the book is all about. So, and, and it's, it's so dumpster firing hard right now. Anyone that's listening to this, if you have any interest in the in the woo woo at, at all whatsoever, you should get this book because it will really help you. And it it came out when we weren't in quote quote these unprecedented times, but now now it's setting the precedent for coping with these unprecedented times. It's really a great, a fantastic book. Well, it's interesting also, um, you know, at the time we got a couple people upset, which I don't care. I mean, you know, I, I don't care about controversy. I have no problem with controversy. I'm like, whatever. If you don't like something, you know, move on. If I don't like something, I just move on. I don't like necessarily bash it, but I think that's weird. Uh, and controversial things are always interesting to me. I mean, that's how I got into punk rock music. Cause it was I was just going to say this is... This is because you're a rock and roll chick. This is exactly yeah, I mean, we, we want danger. We want controversy. We don't want things just safe. And it's really important when times are tough that we've got to go in there and talk about this stuff. We've got to talk about things that are not safe, that scare you. Because when you go into the shadow, when you go into the scary part, that's when the real healing and the magic begins. It doesn't begin by playing it safe and refusing to talk about things. You've got to talk about it. And that's what Terrible for Troubled Times is all about. Yeah, it's so good. So um, we are, we're going to do some some tarot for troubled times right now. Um, Teresa and I are going to look at a bunch of current events. And um, that's, we're allowed to swear in this, right? I'm just asking you because you know I'm going <laughs> to. I don't care. <laughs> I might look, swear when too. I, when I picked my cards up off the table just now, the magician like laid it on the table. So for anyone that's... um listening like if a card like jumps out of the deck when you're shuffling or it's sitting on the table we call it a jumper i always read jumpers do you teresa yes what what i always say when the, when something jumps out and this is not a statement i made up somebody else i heard it from i don't remember who um but what falls to the floor comes to the door like oh that's good i know i wish i could remember who said that 
But I, I love that's that. Like, sketch. That's like an occult drunken booty call. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what should we look at first? Or, or, or are you going to look at first? I don't know. What do you think we should look at first? I'm like game to whatever. Let's look at... Um, Let's look at, uh, I really want to look at Karen's first. We're, we're going to do a mass reading for a woman named Karen. Um, so in case any of you guys are not, um, I'm sure everybody knows this, but you know, Karen is the word for like a middle-aged lady that's having a meltdown pandemic style and probably would be having it not, not in quote, quote, these troubled times, but um, not as, not as, um, flagrantly and belligerently and probably not with people taping it um, or, or videoing it on their phone. But uh, Teresa and I both could be Karens, but I think we got our Karen out during during our earlier rock and roll days and it wasn't called Karen then, it was just called fun and fuck shit up. <laughs> Plus we weren't serious and, and we were falling to the floor and coming to the door in different ways apparently. Well, we were standing up for ourselves. We weren't looking to make people's lives miserable. And you know what's interesting I find with the, now that we live in the age of video, with everybody's got a camera, you know, I think a lot of people have acted like a Karen, so to speak, and they've been able to get away with it. And now it's kind of like shining a light. And it's like, look at how you're behaving. Look at how you are treating people. And I, I even said to my daughter, am I a Karen? You know, I was, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I'm in that age group, you know, and I wear the leggings sometimes. I don't have the Karen hairdo. Um, and she's like, no, 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 you're not there. You know, you don't complain to the manager. And I'm like, okay, good, good. So apparently I'm not there yet, even though I am in that age group. I know. it's a, That's a scary thing. But, I, you know, the leggings, I mean, we can't count that as part of it. Otherwise, I'll kill myself because I don't know what I ever did without le leggings. I know, but, you know, there's this guide my daughter sent me on what a, what a Karen is, and it's got, like, a certain hairdo and a certain type of lipstick, and they wear leggings, and uh, what else was it? They eat mayo, and I eat a lot of mayo, so I'm like, oh, my God, I wonder if I'm a Karen. That doesn't count. Mayo is not, like, a Karen drug. I mean, well, it's just like, it's a, common, <laughs> it's a condiment. <laughs> I had to laugh at it, though. It was really funny. And I'm not getting that hairdo, by the way. Isn't that kind of like John and Kate plus eight, if any, anybody remembers yes. that reality show? It's like an artichoke, like a chunky highlight artichoke hairdo. That's even, a weird even, hairdo. But Bowie had kind of a Karen hairdo. <laughs> Yeah, but that was Bowie. Listen, Bowie could wear anything. I wouldn't care. Bowie could have a mullet. I don't care. Bowie could have a shaved head. I don't care. He had a mullet prototype. I know. Bowie could show up in a jumpsuit. I don't care. He could show up in a dress. I don't care. Bowie gets away with that, whatever. Uh, I, you know, I was lucky when I was in New York, I got to see the Bowie exhibit. And it was okay. amazing. I'm so, so, I did it on a whim. Someone said, hey, the Bowie exhibit is here. I'm like, what? They said, yeah, it's up in Brooklyn. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the train up there and go. And I'm so glad. And I could not believe how skinny he was. Yeah. I, like, I could fit like one leg <laughs> in the torso of one of his jumpsuits. He was so skinny. I didn't even realize that when I saw him play in concert. He was so freaking skinny. He sat on my leather jacket once at the Mud Club. I left it in the VIP room to go into in the Mud Club in New York. This was like in like 1979. And um, I saw there was a whole group of people migrating towards the VIP room. And then this um, girl I knew that was a waitress there ran out of it crying. And there'd been rumors that Bowie was going to come there all night. And so as soon as I saw her, she was like stumbling down the hallway like someone in a disaster movie, just like wailing tears. And I was like, oh, my God, he's here because she's such a freak. And then I walked in there and he was sitting on top of my jacket. And I was paralyzed. I couldn't do anything. Like now I would have gone, hi, can I get my jacket back, please? And been all flirty. But I was just standing there with like tears coming out of my eyes going, please, please, please let there be some DNA on this. Please, please, please. You, know? <laughs> you had your chance, Pleasant. I know. I was young and stupid. I know. When I, I was young, I was stupid <laughs> You should have gone for it. You should have done it. No, now you're going to make me have to go to therapy because of this. I know. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to therapy too because, damn it, I should have had a chance at Bowie. <laughs> okay, I would have went so for it. Pull your cards for, for Karen. 
Okay, so we're the Karen Collective with a K. <laughs> what what does Karen need to know? So are we giving Karen advice? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, both of us are going to, right? What deck are you using? I'm just using a Rider Waite Smith deck. Okay, I'm using the tattoo tarot because I, I'm a rock and roll person. So even though I didn't talk to Bowie when I could <laughs> <laughs> Bowie. Uh, I'm gonna pull three cards. Okay. Ooh. Look at these cards. So we got Temperance Reversed. Okay. The Devil. Wow. And the Seven of Swords. Wow. Oh, my God. I go ahead and explain this to everybody. Okay. So as soon as I see the Temperance Reversed, you know, when Temperance is right side up, it's very balanced. It's very calm. It's very chill. But when it's reversed, it becomes very intolerant. Like the least little thing sets you off. You lose your footing. And you become very ungrounded. And the devil is really the big focus on the negative. And when I look at these two cards together, it's almost like saying uh, to Karen, if I was giving Karen advice, it's like, look, you've got to get yourself grounded and centered or all you're going to see is the negative. You're going to see the things you don't like. And that's going to cause you to do seven of swords, something that you might later regret upon reflection. Uh, also, <laughs> when I, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like you get away with it, right? That's the seven of swords, but then you look back at it. Look how he's looking back at that devil. You look back and you're like, oh my God, I reacted like such a biatch because I didn't have my Starbucks and I let everything get under my skin. You know, so I would just tell Karen's, listen, when you're not, when you're feeling a certain way, eat a Snickers, first of all, and don't do something really negative that you're going to look back on and later regret it. You should always be present which would be our temperance right set up, you always need to be present. I mean, the more present you are, the more likely you're going to be aware of how your actions are going to affect other people. That's the thing. They're not aware of that. They are in intolerance mode because all they're thinking about is I'm not getting what I want. Yeah, that, that's good. Totally. Like, I can't believe those cards that you, that you pulled. I that. know. The devil. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um... I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell the uh, listeners that um, there's some cards that um, that you guys, if you've never had a tarot reading, that if they come up in a reading, you'll be kind of uh, scared because they've become really famous in B movies like Death and The Hanged Man. But there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of cards that if you're a tarot reader and you see them like. You're horrified, but like someone that's more of a um, a layman or, you know, a regular person that's not into terrible, just think, oh, what's going on with that building when you're talking about the tower, which I used to call the 9-11 card all the time after 9-11. Um, yeah. So the cards that Teresa just pulled for Karen is so spot on, as she explained. But um, how, what's what's been your... Um, What's been your biggest card that's come up? Have you noticed um, in the pandemic? Because temperance is one of the ones in almost every reading that I do for people. And that's a lot. And I know you do tons and tons of readings. That, yeah. that comes up at least once a day. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that comes up a lot for me too with clients, the temperance card a yeah. lot. And also the hanged man. Yeah, me too. yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's, that's lockdown, the hanged man. Yeah, and also, and also the Eight of Swords has come up a lot. I mean, all three yes. of these cards have been coming up a lot. And I think also with the Hangman and Temperance, there's, they both have that feeling of, and, and also if you think of the Eight of Swords, they all have the feelings of lockdown, but they also, all three of them have that feeling that you need to be patient. You need to be patient right now. This is not a time to be acting like a Karen or flipping out because things aren't going the way you want. We all have to be a little bit patient. It is going to take time to get things back in order. And what is wrong with you? Uh, you know, chill out. I'm always telling people, relax. You need to relax. Uh, and I think that's really good advice that we need right now. We need to all freaking relax. Yeah, I agree. I have to tell myself that all the time because I, I don't have meltdowny stuff, but I've been like cycling through like 5 million feelings like in an hour, you know? Uh -huh. Or like like the other night I had a, I had a meltdown because... um that I was like, what if I never kiss anybody again? You know, cause I'm not married like you. And the person, the person that I was seeing, then I was like, well, at least, 
at least that's the last person I ever kissed if this happens. And then I was like, oh God, please don't let it happen. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, I, I, I had all sorts of uh, those kind of like ones that are like, there's sort of like, um, pandemic meltdowns, but they're not really. I mean, it's like a pan, uh, min, miniature pandemic existential crisis. But then I like see like you know the the Mad Magazine part of it as well. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for me, this whole pandemic, I'm like, um, I've like done perfectly fine in it because I love being a recluse. I adore being at home. I love, love, love being by myself. Uh, I got a moon in Scorpio and I've got a loaded eighth house astrologically. So privacy and time alone and being alone. Um, I don't mind that at all. I've been really loving it and not having to go anywhere. I'm like, oh, I don't have to go anywhere. Bye. Good. Um, don't have to see anybody. No problem. So I've actually done really well. And also with the pandemic, um, you know, I grew up out in the country. We were poor farm folks. Uh, there wasn't a lot of money. And you had to make do with things. So also for me, it's like, oh, I got to conserve stuff for a while. Big whoop. I watched some people in the uh, grocery stores and I had to laugh at them when all the stuff was going down and people were like buying like crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, you need to all fricking relax. And I watched this one guy standing by the canned beans and he's like looking at these beans and there's only a couple left. And I just thought to myself, dude, you know you don't know what to do with these fucking beans. Get out of the way for those of us who do know. You know, it's like because he had heard probably you need beans and rice. And this is someone you know that just didn't know what the hell they were doing. But none of that bothered me. I mean, we had beans, we had rice, I baked. It was not a big deal. Yeah, you, you spend a lot of time alone. Um, I mean, obviously for your work and stuff. So it's good. And, and both of us work from home, I think, right? Your office is in your yep. home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. But you know, you know what I spent a lot of money on at the beginning of pandemic? I didn't care about toilet paper. I figured that'll come somehow. But I, this is so vain. I am, I'm so vain. <laughs> I bought like 12 boxes of my favorite black hair dye and I bought eyebrow pencils because I was like, damn it, I'm going to look good in the apocalypse. <laughs> that, that might be some kind of currency in case we need it. But that, that was, that was like months before I thought that like, you know, like maybe I would never kiss someone again. <laughs> But I wanted to look good for it, just in case. Of course, we still want to look good. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I kind of got hoardy with. And off the top of my head, I think um, making sure I had enough chocolate on hand. Which I is knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And enough wine on hand. I'm like, look, as long as I have chocolate and a glass of wine, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but no, matter, no matter what's going on in the rest of the world. <laughs> if you've if you got an internet connection and a bunch of books, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. Let's do another. Pull some more cards for something else. What should we look at this time? Should we look at the elections that are yeah. coming up in November? Okay. So we're going to do past, present, future for the election. Okay. Past will represent what's behind us. The present is where we are right now, and we're going to look at the future for this freaking election. Oh my God! I'm so nervous about it. All right, what did we pull? Better not end with a devil card. <laughs> no. Past, present, future. Past is justice. So there's some um, kind of, kar there's a karmic law that's been in effect. This whole thing that's been going on in this country, there's a karmic law in effect. Karmic debts are being paid and we have to trust that. The present moment, the six of cups, is actually a really pleasant card. I mean, this shows that there are, there's someone coming from the past, probably Joe Biden, who is no. going to be wooing people and maybe making his little promises. And I do see people, I look at this as somebody, it's like people are looking to feel hopeful again. Yeah. And the future is strength. We're going to overcome it. We're going to overcome our problems. And that means also the problems with the election. If there are problems at the ballot box, for example, it's going to be overcome. There's going to be a strong turnout. And this to me says peace gets restored. That's good. I'm going to hold you to that. It better happen. <laughs> I know. I'm going to see what my cards say for this too. Yeah, I want to see what you pulled. I'm sitting here in my head. Like a, like a Las Vegas person going, come on, baby, come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm pulling them right now. Past. Present? Well, I got strength for the present. 
Ooh. Um, future is um, seven of cups reversed. So past, they got king of wands, and, and that could, you know, that on the, um, that, that's like a lot of, that's a lot of like action and um, creativity, but also I think the king of wands can be kind of egomaniacal on, on his, and um, demanding and bossy. So I feel like, wait, first of all, before I go on saying that the king of wands, I have to say that I couldn't call the major arcana the trump cards for ages because anyone that's listening, that's what they're called. They're called the trumps. And I was just like, oh, hell no, I can't say it. So this is like the first time I even thought of that since then. But anyway, that, you know, that could re represent like all the ego of everybody and all the um, like just burn it up shit that's happening, mm -hmm. that's been happening in the past. For the present, um, we gotta be, we gotta be strong. This, I think it's really cool that we both pulled strength. That's also my yes. birth card. Um, Teresa will tell you guys how to do your birth card, right? I, I'm just telling you this now, Teresa. So you're gonna okay. do that. Okay. Oh, whatever. Um, but, game. So strength is like it's what she said. It's it's like our emotional intelligence. It's our inner strength. It's like the power that we have within, and it's a very, it's a very calm but courageous card. Um, you know, just the, describing someone that's very emotionally stable and, and sort of has an innate knowing of what's going on. And for the future, I got the Seven of Cups reversed. So um, that card is usually about um, staying grounded and not having like a, a fantasy uh, or imagine, you know, not letting like your imagination or your hopes influence like some kind of choices. So this is reversed. This is like, I think everybody knows exactly what's going to what what to expect in the future and they're going to act accordingly i also think that that means there's going to be a clear choice yeah yeah that's what i mean they know yeah, yeah they just know exactly what they're going to you said it better than i did but yes that's 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 what i meant love okay, it so, what, hey what did you pull for the karen i don't remember i didn't even pull it because i was just like i was just like shuffling randomly and yours was so good i can pull a karen card now if you want I'll i want to hear pull one pull one i want karen okay. advice just in case hey. I'm a Karen. Uh, you're not a Karen. Wait, wait. We, you got the card that says, don't fucking wear leggings. No. <laughs> <laughs> Take your meds. No. <laughs> not yours, Karen's. Oh, my God, Karen. <laughs> okay, we get this so funny. We got the star. We got the magician and we got the two of swords reversed. So in not Karen land, the star is always about um, like some sort of beautiful magical miracles and, um, you know, faith for the future and stuff. But Karen just thinks everything is going to go her way. So of course she thinks like the star. <laughs> and then we got the magician and often that card's about communication. And I got to say, she has no problem communicating her needs in a clear fashion, even if it involves like throwing shoe boxes at a clerk's head. I saw <laughs> that. I saw that video. Oh my God. <laughs> and then we got the, we got the two of swords reversed. So in this card is upright. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways to like read reversals, but right now I'm just doing the total opposite. When it's upright, you kind of don't know what you want to do or where you want to go. This person has a mission. Karen got a mission, and she's she's having no qualms acting it on out. You know, I, I while we're on the subject of this off the tarot part, I'm how come there hasn't been a Karen video with someone getting taken away in handcuffs? I don't know. I mean, I'm shocked. I shouldn't say I'm shocked. I've I've been around people like that before where they're really belligerent and it's really shocking when they act that way and it's like they're not even aware of how they're acting and sometimes the things they're doing really do border on assault i'm i'm also shocked that people we haven't seen any of these karens in handcuffs i know but wait i just thought of something really psychotic do you think there's any karen like videos on pornhub <laughs> oh my god I don't even want to think about that. I remember back in the day, there was some video they made with a, a Sarah Palin lookalike. They call it nailing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's got to be a Karen. There's got to be Karen porn. There's got to be. There was a lot of coronavirus porn in the very beginning of lockdown. I remember because people kept sending it to me. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I'm That's saying people so in clothes. It was like, yeah, no, but there really was. It was like, it was like people with like, like you had to, you had to be like really um, excited at how quickly like whoever was producing the videos figured out at least like some rudimentary things because it was it was all positions that would have been like more virus friendly and then they had stuff that made that that looked like those like John Travolta boy in a bubble suits oh my god (laughs) no I know it was like I was like wow these people just got right on this trend didn't they (laughs) they got creative as hell the mother of invention yeah okay so um all right. Um, let's get back to um. Let why don't you tell um, tell our listeners about how they can calculate their birth card because this will yes. say a lot about you. And and if you don't know tarot, you can always look up the meaning of your birth card online. But this is just a small little rain manny fun thing. Yeah, and what you do is you take your date of birth and you add up the numbers. So it would be like my birthday is June eleventh. So you add up June eleventh plus the year of your birth. And then that number, um, so mine adds up to the number 11. And so 11 is associated with justice card. Um, and so justice would be my birth card. And justice is all about wanting things to be fair, wanting things to be just, fighting the good fight. Uh, I can choose to reduce that and I could take 11, one plus one and reduce it down to two, which becomes the high priestess. So I, that's a compound number. So I can choose to either function as justice or the high priestess. And people can learn a lot about the birth cards. Mary Greer wrote a book called Who Are You in the Tarot? Yeah. And it's a really good book. And also um, the Tarot School has a course on birth cards that they just launched a couple weeks ago. Or I think they, they launched it in May. And it is an amazing course that really goes deep into the birth cards and how to work with the birth card energy. And um, for anybody who's a tarot lover, those books, the book from Mary Greer or the class by the tarot school are really amazing. Yes. Um, I, my birth card strength. Yeah. So Word. you're, how do you see that? How do you interpret that then? How do, for my birth card, I feel like, yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm ha- well, if I was 12 and I was doing it, I'd be happy that there was like a feline in it, but um. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel like that's a, that is definitely, I, I have some of those qualities, but I also feel like I need more of it all the time. And then if you do it just in the one plus seven way, then I, you know, like I look at that, then I get the star too. Yeah, which so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes total sense because, you know, you are very comfortable being on stage in front of the camera. You've, you know, always been out there doing your thing, grabbing the mic. So that the star makes total sense. And sparkles. <laughs> and sparkles. Do we want to do um do you want to do one more reading for for something else or should we should we We should uh, look at we should look at Kanye West because he is the wild card in this election. He claimed he is going to run for president and I think that would be fun to look at. I mean, yeah, I right now at the time of our um discussion here like i heard that he missed some of the deadlines for the states Yeah, so Kanye West, he's always been a wild card, pun intended, no pun intended. Um, he he had his own batshit meltdowns like online a while ago. I'm sure sure we all remember whether or not he was on anyone's radar. Yeah. He's a Gemini, and Geminis are very, they, Gemini rules the nervous system, so a lot of Geminis do have issues with their nerves. I'm a Gemini, too. I, I don't have I have a Gemini moon. Yeah, so you got to, like, really take care of those nerves. My son has a Gemini moon. 
So I'm going to pull one card for Kanye. What do we need to know about Kanye in this presidential race? Okay. Okay. I'll tell you, I pulled one card too. What did you get? The Queen, Queen of, of Cups reversed? The Queen of Cups reversed. And you know, when the Queen of Cups is right side up, she's, she's tuned into her dream. But when it's, what did you get? I get the Ace of Pentacles. <laughs> oh, interesting. When she's reversed, this feels more like a pipe dream. It's very unrealistic. And so this would be telling me that right now he's very much in his emotions. He's not being realistic. Uh, this looks like it could be something that's being spurred on by maybe an emotional state that he's dealing with right now. So I don't know. I think Kanye is, I think when he wakes up, I'm going to turn the car right side up and sobers up and looks at the situation. I'm not implying he's drunk or anything. I'm talking like keeping a, a sober, grounded mindset. I think he's going to look at this and say, what the hell did I do? But yeah. right now, he's not seeing it. He's like, he's in a weird place. I mean, I, yeah, I would have just said Queen of Cups reversed. He's in the manic phase of his illness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's in so a with, weird phase. So with the, um, with the Ace of Pentacles or coins, I think he's just in it for the money. Like, or, or for the, maybe he has like an album. Uh, maybe he has a record coming out now. A record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I know, my God! A coin or a pentacle is round. It's just like an LP. <laughs> and also, with that particular card with the snake putting its head on it, it looks like a record player. Oh my God! It really. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag we psychic. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I spent so much money on records when I was a kid. Oh my God. Me too. I miss records. Like, wait, did you ever look at the stuff at the at the end of the record where the um, where the grooves are? You know, where where like all the tracks are there, and there's like the the blank grooves at the end. Yeah. There's um, you should, if you still have your records, you should go back and look at this if you if you never looked at it. They always, and I'm telling you this, um, telling everybody in podcast land too, because this is cool. And I fell down a fucking rabbit hole the first time I discovered this in my mid teens. So uh, near the label on the inside of any record, a 45 or a record, it's always got like the mastering codes, whoever's mastering the record, like scratches it into it. But so many bands would put like, um, they would put private jokes or little sayings that sometimes wrapped around the whole label or just wow. all, all the, yeah, you're gonna go nuts if you have records. Anyone that has records, pick it out, put on your granny glasses if you need them. But like, you can see like inside jokes on them. There's, uh, it's so crazy. And, and then the ones that don't have it, like you'll, you'll probably pull a few and then the ones that don't have it, you'll go, Tch. they used to be my favorite band, but obviously they don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's, there's like fun stuff on that. Like that, that, that someone was like, you know, going into that much detail or taking so many drugs that they're like, someone will be on speed and discover this. I better just do it. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's hilarious. My husband's got some of his old records. I will go and look at those records and I have to look for that. Oh yeah, pull, pull them out. You got to get back to me because there's good shit on those. I'm not kidding. I, I can't remember any, I don't remember other people's off the top of, of um, my head, but like in, in my band, um, Honk If You're Horny, which was a white trash, tra well, I'll say trailer <laughs> trash now because like I don't want to imply white trash privilege. Um, it was a trailer trash X-rated country band that I had with Dave Catching of um, Lords of Mojave and um, um, Eagles of Death Metal. And this was like before Dave became like an icon, but so we were both doing this. And so uh, on the Honk of Your Horny, like 45 EP, on, on one side, um, we had scratched in. It said, take a picture, it lasts longer. And then the other one said, what are you looking at, shithead? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's right but, but around it was, by the label. Yeah, it's right scratched. And you'll see some numbers, which is like, I think the mastering, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the, you know, the code for whatever, the mastering or the company or whatever. But then... If there's other stuff there, it's, it's somebody wrote some crazy thing, like that they were hoping some, some fan noticed or someone that had the record. That's um, What else should we talk about? Why don't you, um, you want to give like, uh, you, you probably already know this. Do you know any astrology stuff around um, 
the upcoming election or for the next few months? I'm sure you've looked at this. The election's going to be intense. Uh, we're going to be coming off a Mercury retrograde around that Wait, time. We're, we're not again. Please, God, no. The first one was in Pisces, and then the second one was in my ascendant sign, Cancer. So <laughs> this is, I think we're going to have a very intense election and i think we're going to be surprised and when i talk election we're not just talking about the presidential but you know we got a lot of other major races happening at that time too i think we're going to have some surprises some things we're not anticipating and some of it might actually be good stuff too but mercury is turning direct on election day so at some point when this is all wow. over there i know there's going to be some messy stuff around that time Shortly after the election, uh, Jupiter and Saturn are aligning in Aquarius, which is huge. They only come together once every 20 years. And wow. I, and they, yeah, and, and so they're like the time lords and they set the tone for the next 20 years. And, and in Aquarius, I mean, this is going to be the first time it's been in air signs for like 300 years. It's been in earth signs forever. And going into air signs means uh, that we are going to be living more in the realm of ideas and technology and innovation. And because it's an Aquarius, uh, the big trends for the next 20 years are going to be in those areas, ideas, um, communication, technology, innovation, and also humanitarianism, the collective. So I think there's going to be a big future on us taking better care of each other and the earth too. Yay. That's good because I got scared when you said I, I still have Mercury retrograde. Like I should, I should go and see a shrink for Mercury retrograde trauma. Oh my God, it's <laughs> awful. Just from this past one, they're always a pain in my rear. No, I know they're always terrible. Yeah, and I'm very Mercury ruled. I have six planets ruled by Mercury in my chart, so I always feel Mercury retrograde. On one way or another, I never totally escape it. There's always some bullshit. Always. Yeah. This past one, I had, no, I had my um. My refrigerator's been repaired four times in the past month, and it's not—it's not even um, two years old. And wow. you know, it's like coming. I know, but any part of the communication with it, any part of like all of it's been horrifying. And it completely froze a full bottle of good vodka. That's how insane my refrigerator is going. Wow. No, I know. It's it's like the, every time the, the same repairman came over, he couldn't believe it. You know? That's crazy. For me, though, the interesting thing with this last one has been nonstop boundary issues. Non-stop. Yeah. I mean, I could not believe in the middle of a pandemic how many people have been emailing me saying, can I get an in-person reading? I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> are you crazy? No, I stopped doing those years ago anyways. But I was just shocked at how many people were like and getting mad and really pissy about it. It's like, I'm sorry, this is not something I want to do right now. So, and I'm not doing it. It was very weird. Yeah, that is, that is really strange. I think, um, let me ask you one more question about this pandemic -y stuff. Um, I've noticed that I think this is because the veil is getting so thin because so many people have died all over the world and also because people were locked in their house uh -huh. with, their, with their own trauma. I mean... I'm getting so many emails and texts and DMs from clients about like my dead grandmother came to me or even from people that have never been woo woo in any way whatsoever. They're having like crazy psychic experiences. Have you, have you noticed that too? Yes, absolutely. And also a lot more, a lot of people wanting to connect with people who passed on. So I've yeah, also yeah. noticed that showing up a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it's like it, it just opened up a whole new um, realm in, in all of that, I think. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, because um, it's, it's just been so, so hard. I, I had a friend who almost died from this COVID thing. And I think a lot of people who've been affected by it or impacted or had a loved one impacted by it, they are really the people who are searching for meaning in all of this right now and trying to figure it all out. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, my my sister had it. I know some some other people whose like parents had it. You know, and, and it's someone, scary. Yeah, yeah. Wear a fucking mask, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's not that hard to put on a mask, and there's some cute ones out there. Let it go. I'm just gonna say that they're cute now. <laughs> so like, it's so sick. I I have these like I. I I get, I go out of the house and I put a mask on and it feels normal to me. And then as soon as I get on, on the street and see other people with masks on, then I realize like how big this is. And that's when I start getting all sad, but then I'll see someone walk by with like a mask that has like, that's really amazing. And I was like, Oh my God, that mask is so cute. Just like, just like when you see like someone wearing an outfit you like, and then I was like, who the fuck am I? Like, where did that girl get that leopard mask from? Right. I, I saw a rhinestone one that I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I want that rhinestone. No, it's not in stock. Oh, Thank you're kidding. You. Wait, was it rhinestone or did it have like other stuff? It was like completely bedazzled. I could do that. You could have a whole market for that. So listen, maybe I, I, I got, make, No, I just mean maybe, I, maybe I'll try to make you one. So you know what I think someone should do? Now here I'm giving someone a good idea. Remember those days of the week underwear we used to wear when we were That's exactly what I, yeah, yeah, that would be great. A day of the week mask, like with the, the old fashioned embroidery, with like maybe little old fashioned cherries, like your Monday mask, your two, I think that would make so much money. I, I think that would be good too. And then my other innovation that I think needs to happen because I started doing this on some of mine, but I, I tried it on disposable masks first. Um, like, I wanted to wear lipstick under a mask. I'm not going to not fucking wear lipstick. I'm Me too. Sorry. I draw the line there. Yeah. So I put, like, a piece of clear packing tape where the mouth was under one mask. And it was pretty good because it didn't, it didn't smear off as much as it would on the material. But, like, I'm sick of getting home and taking my mask off, even if I'm the only person that sees it. And I look like I've been making out with someone. But I haven't. Because so, that sends me into another tailspin. <laughs> My daughter's like, Mom, what the hell are you wearing lipstick under your mask? I'm like, let me live. Let me live. Yeah. Lipstick is my life. Shut up. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to wear, I'm not going to let myself go to hell in pandemic. So I'd wake up every morning and put on full makeup, you know, including lipstick and like eyeliner and all of that. And it'd be like, I look good. And, I, and on day whatever, like, I didn't even know, like, what that was, but I, was, I looked in the mirror and I was like, wow, I look pretty good today considering that we're in lockdown. And then I was like, wait, when was the last time I brushed my hair and it was full fucking Bob Marley, my hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. The only thing that happened to me is I put on all this weight. So now it's like, I'm trying to like get all the weight off because I went on a baking binge during this pandemic. And I'm like- Oh, I saw, don't think I wasn't following you on, on, on Twitter, looking at all your like amazing dinner descriptions and all of yeah. that. I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it. It's like, I, I call it my COVID-15. That's it. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of people have. I had to go to the, um, I had to go to the doctor the other day for, uh, for, um, like uh, for anyone that's listening, I had an injury. I pulled some tendons, but like when they weighed me, I weighed 117 and I was like, what? And I thought I like wrecked, uh, I thought I like the scale was fucked up, but, but no, it wasn't. But then I realized I didn't really lose weight. It was just that my, that muscles weigh more. And because I was injured and hadn't been moving around, I lost all that muscle tone. So, mm -hmm. um, like, I mean, maybe, maybe Wait, you I lost have... weight during the pandemic. Yes, I, I was, I weighed like about 124, 125. And when I got weighed the other day, it was 117, but I feel like I'm the same size, but then I started checking my jiggles and I know I lost muscle tone because I couldn't walk around. Yeah, that's hard. Well, I've got to like get this weight off. And I also, I have to laugh. I'm like, oh my God, I became a pandemaholic. 
Oh, me too. Oh, it's like, well, I'm stuck at home. Might as well have a little more of, and I had quit wine for a while. And it's like, once it was virus time, wine, wine o'clock. Oh yeah. I was, I, I, I'm a lightweight anyway, because I didn't used to be. And then I just had to like, you know, just, I, I would drink like maybe twice a year or something. But as soon as pandemic started, the first thing I did was act like there was going to be an earthquake, which meant fill my tank with gas, you know, and get my, get, get like those things together, supplies and stuff. But then I did, after the first two weeks when I wasn't using my car for anything, I was like, fuck it, I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'd take, have like two inches of champagne and I would be fucking wasted, like calling people up, I love you. <laughs> and that, like, that was even before of like, you know, any kind of like isolation stuff was really kicking in. I was just like, I was a sloppy drunk with the, the pink vintage glass. And like, I might as well have oh had on God. a party hat. I was like full on Aubrey Hepburn. See, and I can drink a man under the table and I never get a hangover. Ever. Wait, remember when we were drinking on my birthday when you came? Yes. I was wasted then, right? Well, you seem like you were having a good time. I wouldn't say you were wasted. No, I wasn't wasted. I mean, I could still form full sentences, but that's what pandemic went straight to right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But you know what? We're going to look back at it and say we, we had to do what we had to do to get through it. And sometimes it's extra chocolate or an extra glass of wine. No, no, that, that we need that. I mean, that's okay. I'm going to tell you one, one little last story. This is so funny. Um, so this was sort of early on in the pandemic and right when I commenced my pandemic drinking and I, I walked to a drugstore to actually pick up some stuff. This was, so this was like about almost a month in maybe or something like that. Um, and because I really needed sponges and, and like, you know, there was medicine waiting there for me and they weren't delivering it. So, um, I walked there and I saw that there was champagne on sale and it was like pretty decent champagne and it was like five bucks or something. So I grabbed two bottles of it and I'm sitting there at the checkout in a full surgical mask and like black Ray-Bans, right? And um, so I put it all down and, she's, and so the, the clerk goes, can I see your ID? And I said, sure. And then I was like looking in my bag and I didn't have it because I wasn't driving or anything, you know? And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, I don't have it. I'll just go and put this champagne back. And she looks at me and she's like, no, that's a pan. She's like, that's a lockdown staple. That's a necessity. She's like, what, what year were you born? And I said, 1959. And she just started ringing it up. And that never would have happened. I mean, she didn't even say, can, can you take your glasses off so I can see if you're lying? You know what I mean? Because my whole fucking face was covered. Yeah, but she, but she knew that you needed that. You needed that to oh, like, yeah. get through it. Yeah, she probably thought it was a mature decision of me to say I'd put it back. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like that person has to be old because some See, of them <laughs> and if you were a karen you would have argued with her you wouldn't have put it back you would have been busy arguing said i don't have my id but you're gonna give me this or i'm gonna call your manager that's what would have went down <laughs> she knew you weren't a karen <laughs> okay doll so um tell everyone where they can find you on the internet Yes, you can find me all over the internet. First of all, my website is thetarolady.com. That's where everything happens. I also have a Patreon account, and on Patreon is where um, people can really connect with me. I do my extended card of the day, uh, my political astrology. All my classes happen on Patreon. And you can find me on social media. It's always the Tarot Lady. I mean, I'm the Tarot Lady on Instagram. I'm the Tarot Lady on Twitter. I don't really do much on Facebook. It's my least favorite place. Uh, usually Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon. Those are the places you can connect with me the most. And she, her, her name really should be the Tarot Queen, you guys. She is, she is, she is the best. She is the High Priestess. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Uh, we should have been drinking, but maybe we'll do another one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, listen, if that lockdown comes back, you know what we're going to be doing. Oh you yeah, okay. It's drinking. it's a lockdown date. If it comes back, we're gonna we're gonna do this again drunk and yes. pull drunk cards. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Okay, Mwah. Thank you so Mwah. much, Teresa. Thank you. Mwah. I'm an alligator. I'm a mama. Pop.
Okay, so that was the goddess in human form, Teresa Reed. Isn't she terrific? Find her all over the interwebs as The Tarot Lady on her website, thetarotlady.com, and on Twitter and Instagram. Speaking of Insta, make sure y'all follow me there too. I'm Princess of Hollywood. And that concludes this episode of The Devil's Music. See you next time, sinners. Mwah. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at Pantheon Podcasts. Dot com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.